0: Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. This is your place if you are launching your career as a nurse or are preparing to launch. If you're growing into your role or growing into a new role, or if you're seeking to thrive or just need a little refresh in your work as a nurse or your life as a nurse. Living your best nursing life, doesn't just happen. It takes energy and dedication. On this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn, live and love all the experiences of being a nurse. Nursing is truly an amazing journey. It's your amazing journey. It's your license, it's your career, it's your job, it's your reality, and it's your certification. It's all about you. You will get strategies and stories, inspiration, information on how to live your best life in this podcast. This is all about helping you stay fresh, energized, and making sure that you are your best self on the job. And when you're off the job, when you finish that day shift or that night shift, or your day is done. And this is about today, tomorrow, and your nursing future. So hang on, thank you for being here with me on this amazing journey that we call nursing life. Hi, I'm Natalie Dietry, your host for the Career Wise Nurse Podcast. Thank you for joining me today to talk about all things nurses. Nursing is an amazing journey, and I hope you agree with me on that. But it's not an easy journey. It's not an easy road. And nurses put their heart and soul into the work they do to make a difference for people who are in need of care. And I often refer to hospital life and how the patients are so sick. Otherwise, they would not be there. Don't you agree with me? Patients are not having a slow recovery, a long recovery, a leisurely recovery, I should say when they're in the hospital. They're there because they're too unstable or too ill to be on their own or get the care outside the hospital. And that's the case in many situations, most all patients you're going to encounter in the hospital. There are a few cases like mother-baby childbirth where people come in in a healthy state to have hospital care, but it's not for very long. Hospitals are full of sick people A lot of work is done outside the hospital because patients can come in, get the procedure in that setting and go home. And again, high turnover in terms of the volume of patients, get them in and get them out. Time is money and time is also not always what patients need. They can do it at home. So why did you become a nurse? To help people or to make a difference in people's lives. I liked science and I liked caring for people. So that's why I became a nurse. And I really believe it is a privilege to be holding that license and to be on the front lines taking care of sick people. But it doesn't mean you have to do this in a hospital. And people come into freestanding surgery centers or hospital-associated surgery centers, ambulatory settings to get care. So nurses have job opportunities there. And you don't have to have a lot of years of experience to take those jobs. There are jobs open to nurses in ambulatory settings or freestanding outpatient care in surgery, procedures, oncology care, a lot of settings. And there are needs for nurses in all these settings too. But today I wanna talk about a nurse that shared her orientation experience and her early months of work in in an ambulatory surgery center. It goes back to advocating for yourself thinking about how much stress you want to put up with or speaking up to help make a change for nurses because these settings, they operate. It seems like there's not a lot of public knowledge about undesirable outcomes for patients. People generally do okay. They get out of there and the nursing care is rapid. There's not any extra room to give. You have to decide as a nurse, do you want to be there? Are you going to tolerate this? Are you going to have stress, diarrhea, uh, lose sleep, anxiety about this new job you took. It's so busy. It's so hectic. I didn't get orientation like I thought I would. You know, I'm only PRN or per diem, but still, it's crazy. It's giving me anxiety. You know, I kind of gave away the storyline. A nurse told me about her experience going to work in an ambulatory setting. She was trained to do the post-op care. She got her orientation cut down to like half of what it was supposed to be. And all I could think about is advocate for yourself. Yes, you could leave because you don't want to be in that situation anymore where there's harm that's potentially going to happen all around you because you didn't get full orientation. You didn't have a consistent preceptor. It's crazy busy and things are happening so fast. And I asked the nurse, how do you think you can make a change or make it better for nurses to come along and do these jobs? And I'm not sure what the response was from this nurse. And I'm not sure that nurse was in the place where they wanted to really go and make a change or share the story that they had from their experience to try to raise awareness, to help people be more aware of what these jobs might be like, or how can we come together to advocate for ourselves because it is crazy and I have the stress. I can't sleep before I go to work. I'm so nervous. I don't get a break. The days are long, just like if I was in the hospital working. This continues to be the story out there. And I said to this nurse, do you realize that this is happening all over the place? We're not gonna single out an organization at all because any city USA, this is how it's happening. Do I have proof of that? No, but I've seen it in the hospital and I read journals, magazines. I see what the nurses post about their work experiences. So I know this is likely to be the norm No one is giving staff extra room to breathe or fewer patients just because they had a really hard day and we want them to be able to slow the pace down. It just doesn't seem to be the storyline from leadership. Have you ever experienced this situation where um, any of these scenarios have been you? You were promised two months orientation and after six and a half shifts they said okay come back tomorrow and you can work on your own. Another one. You had two days in pre-op, but you were supposed to really be working in post-op. So really, do those pre-op days even count in your orientation shifts you were supposed to have over a period of about a couple months? Probably not, because it's not really training you for the job that you were hired to do, unless you knew in advance that you were going to have to float between the two areas or cross-train. Did you get a consistent preceptor? In a hospital setting, it's really important to have that consistent preceptor. It's hard with all the classes and training that you get in the beginning and all the commitments you have to get fully oriented to an an organization. But when you're in a day job and you're tending to work with the same group of people, wouldn't it be nice to get that consistent preceptor so you could continue to grow in your orientation activities and the preceptor and you know where you are and have the chance to check in and document your progress and what you want to work on, what you still need to do, what you've done so far, you kind of remember what you still need to do. Plus you have your tools and your orientation pathways and checklists. If you have a different preceptor all the time in that outpatient setting, just like inpatient, how are you able to make progress and be ready to be on your own? And if you're an experienced nurse, you have some of the foundation likely when you go into that job and that setting, but you still need to learn the organization and learn how to do your job before you can be on your own. It's a short orientation, than if you were a brand new nurse in an inpatient setting where it's hospital work and your first time as an RN. But that continuity of having the consistent precepting is really valuable. And in hospitals, we worked really hard when I was an educator and a mentor in a large hospital. We worked so hard to try to have primary precepting be a thing. And in the hospital, when you've got weekends, holidays, nights, and days, 24-7, seven days a week, it's harder to pair people up consistently with a preceptor because you've got people working 312s and the schedule of the preceptor and the schedule of the orientee is not always going to align. So you'd think that pairing the preceptor with the orientee consistently would be possible, but this nurse told me it was really hard and everybody ended up precepting her at different times. Also, knowing where you are and completing all your orientation tasks or your skills checklist, this nurse said, I don't have any documents. And so how do they know they've met all the objectives in that probationary period, however long that is, to know that they're really able to be on their own? And did you know that it's really important that the orientation documentation is on file because a regulatory organization or an accreditation organization, I should say, has the opportunity to see that and make sure that everyone is getting oriented to the organization and the service line specific and unit specific requirements? Okay, here's another one that people often talk about, all the onboarding modules. And that may be a lot of online stuff. You think of modules, I think of HealthStream or some learning management system and things that I have to complete on my own. Well, that's the case. And do you think you should get paid for all that time? Absolutely. And if you're not sure if that's paid time, that's really important that you, you advocate for yourself and make sure. Required training for regulatory, safety, you know, service line, your department, all that that has to be done. Shouldn't be something that you do on your own time. It's not volunteer work. It's your job, your profession. And then check-in, weekly check-in or periodic check-in. That's really important. And when I was a clinical mentor in a hospital, we had check-in with the preceptor and the orientee every two weeks. That was ideal. And the two weeks were a little fluid. It might be two weeks and a couple days, but we really tried hard to do regular check-in to see where the orientee was in making progress to get through orientation and meet all the requirements in the orientation pathway. This nurse who started a per diem position in an outpatient setting had a detailed recall of all the check-in points she was going to have with the director. What this nurse said is it's not happening. So there's no one to really check in with her to make sure that all the requirements for the probationary period, that onboarding and orientation requirements are done so the nurse is able to work on their own and have full knowledge of how things are done, the protocol procedures, all the orientation. Is it, is it really done? And then once you're off orientation, when do you fit time for that in your shift? You know, Do you stay after you come early? The director or the person that's in charge of checking in with you you know, Are they prioritizing you as they bring in more new people and the whole process starts all over again with the hiring and the orienting? I feel like nurses kind of fall down the priority list after they've been there a couple months and they're kind of on their own, but there are things that are missed. And I said, making sure the objectives are met and the progress is being made and the nurse feels safe and fully oriented, that's really important because that time being invested in the nurse that's new is is going to help keep them there, or it's going to help the, the new hire and the organization or the people that are on the front line with that new hire to determine, is this the right fit? Is this working for you? How can we make it work better? And for the orientee, how's it going? You know, can they share their observations and their experiences? And the nurse who came in to do a per, per diem job who's experienced, you know, they bring experience and value. And do you ask them what their observations are, if you're the, you know, the person who's the organizational leader, do you find out what people are doing or what they find is going well and what's more challenging? And can you have that discussion about let's make this work or how could we do better? Or what do you want to do to improve on your working capacity and your knowledge and skills as you come into the organization and get oriented? Let's have these conversations. So basically the nurse said, none of this was happening not consistent precepting, the orientation was shortened, it's busy, not feeling supported in terms of getting through all the orientation, yet it was clear that there was a timeline for everything to be done. And this just continues, yet the nurse works works like crazy at her shifts. In fact, another experience that was shared was working until 2.30 and saying to the charge or the supervisor, can I take my lunch now? I haven't had a break yet. And the response was, I haven't had my lunch either from that leader, who came in at 6.30, whereas the nurse working, the new hire, who's the nurse, came in at 7.30. It's 2.30 p.m., no break for either yet. Instead of getting support for that new nurse, who might need more time, still learning the job, how everything works in the organization, the nurse gets, oh, from the leader, the supervisor. I haven't had a break yet either for lunch. So the supervisor said to this nurse, why don't you finish your patient and you can go home? So it's a PRN job. So, you know, those people go home first when they're PRN. Because they are at a higher hourly rate and they're just extra supplementing, filling gaps, right? And when they're not needed, they're canceled. So go home early and you work from 7.30 until 2.30 or 3, 3.30, whenever your patient is done and go home. Don't even stop to take a break. Don't rest. Don't recharge. Don't take care of yourself. Just keep on chugging. Let's hope you don't drop before you get out of here and get off our payroll for the day. That's how I interpret that. And the nurse said, I really like the work. I like being with patients. I like having the family members to explain things to. And it's great to have inpatient care. But now in my life, outpatient works really well. And this is a per diem job. So in theory, I should have some flexibility to work when I'm able to and earn money, support my family and my household and keep up my skills because nurses are needed out there, right? But this nurse said, I don't really feel like they... Supported me to get oriented. They run me like crazy. And she said, when I showed up at the large hospital orientation, new employee, for all new employees, I had to drive all the way into the city. I get there 45 minutes early, which was what was requested in the orientation email. I'm waiting until eight o'clock when the orientation starts. There's no coffee. There's no welcoming me. I was in this cold, strange place and no one was there to greet me as if welcome You know, still recruiting me to come work in their organization. It's like sorority rush is what I equate it to when I heard the story. When I was in sorority and we were recruiting our new members, we talked about crop, keep rushing our pledges. Just because they pledged or signed up and showed up at bid day because they're in your new member class or your pledge class in college, if you're in a sorority, you may remember this doesn't mean they're gonna stay. And if you were in a sorority or some group where you were selected through a recruitment process, you know, not everyone stays even after they signed on. There's attrition, people leave. But you wanna keep rushing your pledges because they're your promise, they're your future. And just because somebody shows up to work for you in the hospital, it's kind of the same thing. You gotta keep recruiting your pledges. Those new employees, it costs money to hire them, to recruit them human, you know, labor hours, your talent acquisition, your interviewing, your staff talk to them. It's a lengthy process to hire someone. And then to train them? They don't really count in the staffing or the mix because they're with another nurse getting oriented, right? And even when you're orienting someone and you have a preceptor, they may get a lighter assignment to spend more time on orientation activities, to do more teaching. So when someone's new in an organization, I feel like Everything should be done to welcome them. You want to keep them. You've invested in them already. And when it's so not welcoming, you can't offer them a coffee or have someone there to greet them, to even let them park in your own garage on campus just for that first half day, it breaks my heart because these are people, human caring people, nurses are passionate people and they show up. And they're waiting and waiting. They got there early and nothing happens and no one's there to greet them and they have to take a bus to get to the main building because there's no room for staff to park. Even for the first day they show up for work. I feel like we've got a lot of work to do and I don't know that it's going to change until we get nurses to speak up at their organizations and say, this is how I felt but this is what you could have done to make me feel just a little more welcome or a little more confident about doing this job. Especially when you see the working conditions that they get put in. When it's time to hit the road and walk the walk in that job. What do you think? Do you think we could be a little kinder in our organizations to welcome people and really let them know we're so glad that they're there? I'm not sure we can fix the staffing challenges and shift work makes it hard to have the consistent preceptor and the patient volume can be very unpredictable and the work is hard but nurses go to do it because they like taking care of people or they need a job and they need money or the pay is pretty good and it's the experience that they can put to use in a in a profession that is very meaningful and satisfying but not easy but then our organizations need to go the extra mile to Make sure that they genuinely, genuinely convey their appreciation for being there and coming to work there. I think we need to get out and make some reminders and point out to people. I feel like saying, you should be glad I'm here. You know, I want to be here, but I don't always feel like you want me here or that you care that I'm here or that I'm different than anyone else that you could have hired. I'm just some person here to work. That's not good. People need to work hard to show that they're glad to have the nurses that are coming to work come to work. This nurse said, I was coughed on, sneezed on. I had sick patients, sick sick family members. I put up with a lot just to do my job. And I don't know that my organization really cares about what I'm doing or really cares that I'm fully prepared to do my job the way they want it done. Let's continue this conversation. Tell me your experiences as a new nurse. New grad, you might have found that. As a new grad, they didn't have all your access or that things weren't quite ready when you got there, but you were so excited to get there and you just wanted that extra greeting or you wanted some consistent precepting or a clear picture of what your pathway objectives were and how you were gonna get through orientation. I know things are unpredictable, but let's just see, you know, share your experiences with me so I can get those out there. Or come on as a guest because I want you to share your experiences. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Connect today with the Careerwise Nurse podcast community. Do this by emailing belong at com. That's B E L O N G at com. Join the CareerWiseNurse Facebook group. A link is provided at the bottom of the page. Leave a review for this podcast. Scroll past the episodes where you will see write a review. I read every review because I want to know what you think, what you want to know, who you want to meet to help you live your best nursing life. Tap on the stars to rate this podcast. Thank you. Talk to you soon.